No, there was an error. Mm, thrilling. I'm on the edge of my seat here. Well, then it says phone number already verified, but then this fucking app already. Shoshana. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> trying to connect using my phone number, but you're not letting me. Shoshana is currently downloading the best new social media app around. In it's a minute, 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 minute. Uh, is It's me, Lizzo. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> That's my Lizzo. That's my That's... Lizzo impression. All right. It's me, Lizzo. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, Shoshana's downloading Be Real. I just did. Oh. Literally, just so she can see the photo that I posted of her today. I only have two minutes to post this. How do I know what I look like in the camera? Oh, there we go. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Are we done yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it get it? I don't want to use my location. Scanned. I don't have any friends, though. What's your username, Valerie? I don't It's literally just going to be the two of us. Veebs with two Zs. Two E's, two Zs. You can add me. And that was to you, listeners. Not just Shoshana. In a minute, in a minute, in a woman. I, ba, ba, ba. To pump me up. Fabulous. That's how it goes, right? Okay. Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Parsha. Where we irreverently discuss reverent texts. Wah, wah, wah. What's your pop culture moment? Okay. Uh, well, my name's Shoshana. Uh, my pop culture moment. Which is one of those things that I forget about, and then when I re-remember it, it makes me laugh every time. Mia Farrow, very famous actress, Mia Farrow, once married to Woody Allen and then divorced, um, has lots of adopted children. Yeah, you know I'm related to her. Just shut up. We're not getting into this. I don't believe you. Through like, marriage, yeah, I am. Not, No, I don't, I don't know where this is going. I don't trust it. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. So Mia Farrow has lots of adopted children. Mm-hmm. I'm she, one of them. She also, she, she also has social media and she likes to post for her children's birthdays. So there's a very famous tweet where Mia Farrow w- wished her daughter a happy birthday, posted a picture of her daughter. But because she is a boomer, isn't very good at cropping pictures and had uploaded a screenshot from her Safari app on her phone where she had Googled Mia Farrow black daughter. <laughs> to- to find a, a photo of her adopted child and I just think about that like I had completely like I'm so glad sometimes that I repress like just random like I forget shit because then I re-remember it and I'm like this is amazing like it's so funny do you think that's because she forgot the daughter's name or no, she I just thought that was like the most efficient way the to most find a efficient photo way to get a nice photo yeah but um, it is funny that she didn't just, like, have a photo with her child. I don't know what celebrity phones are like, man. I don't know what celebrity phones are like. Yeah. I don't know that anybody, except for celebrities. That's true. It's like how Kim Kardashian, like, had a Blackberry long... Like, celebrities and politicians had Blackberries far longer than, um, like, the general public because their encryption services were the best. Mm. And they only gave them up when BBM stopped being a thing. 
Um, and I reckon there's an overlap between when like the other serv- like messaging services started getting really good end-to-end encryption well, to like make up for that like gap in the market so then celebrities would come in and use them. Did you ever know someone with a Palm Pilot? Yeah. My mom had a Palm Pilot and I thought it was so cool. And there was like a specific, you had a stylist yeah. and you could write, but there was like a language you had to learn in order to like write Crazy. the letters on the Palm Pilot. I remember that, like the fact that, the fact that like iPhones weren't, like no one had an, I was like one of the first kids in my class to have an iPhone. Wow. And now everyone has iPhones. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I maybe remember when you could get phones, like my brother wants his first mobile phone. He won it off of a bottle of Coke and it was a Motorola that was like this big. Living I don't know how many, Australia is how crazy. many inches is this? I don't, Shoshana. <laughs> I'm holding up my fingers, you guys. Don't worry. Three. Whatever that is. That's how big the phone was. And he won. Go, go ask a man. I bet they'll <laughs> be able to tell you. <laughs> nice. And he won. That was a dick joke. That was a dick. That was a dick joke. I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with penis jokes. Can you explain <laughs> to me how it was a dick joke? Oh, because men are really concerned about the size of their penises. Oh, okay. Cool. Peni? Peni. Peni. Oh, my God. Um, anyway. And so, like, we've gone from a time where you could win, like, a $20 phone from, like, a can of Coke to phones costing, like, $1,400 for a new iPhone. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Technology. You used to get a free phone. Like every two years, you could get a new yeah. phone. Yeah. I mean, you can still do that. You just have to pay like huge well, yeah. amounts of money. And then, did you say of your parents' money? No, huge amounts of money. Oh, I thought you I just, said a huge amounts <laughs> of your parents' I just like money. slightly mispronounced huge in amounts. Yeah. Okay. My pop culture moment in the, in the vein of cell phones, I'm just going to share this little anecdote, which is the first time my mom got an iPhone, mm-hmm. she was like it's like a mini computer to the guy at the store and he was like is he because he's like yeah you can get your email on here you can she was like oh my god i had no idea she was so excited um remember when iphones and ipods like the only apps you could really download outside of like mail apps and whatever were like turn your phone into a cup of beer and when you turn it on to the side it glow like it glugs away Oh, yeah, that was, like, really cool technology that yeah, it could, like, and recognize. And, like, literally the only apps that pe- my friends had on their iPods were, like, Or the Foghorn. Where you app. Be- could do do-do-do. No, we didn't yeah. have that. We had beer app. We had, like, LIDA app. We had, like, oh, yeah. all the, like, a vending machine where you click it and then, like, a drink comes up and then you do the glug, glug, glug. And I'm like, this is, everyone, this is the height of entertainment and technology. This is where entertainment and technology meet for an innovative future. Yeah. I'm going to start downloading those apps again. Remember Paper Toss? I don't have enough room on my phone for that. That's true. Remember Paper Toss? No. You don't remember Paper Toss? No. What was the one was with like the, the little first viral Angry I've... Birds? Angry Birds was Paper huge. Toss precedes Angry Angry Birds. It's Angry Birds. <laughs> oh no. Angry Birds. I, <laughs> because if it were you, I would laugh at you so hard for saying Angry Birds. <laughs> I would literally never let you forget it. I would, if someone said Angry Birds to me, I would be like, oh, you fucking idiot. Angie? Angie Birds? Angie Were you fine? Anyway. Paper Toss was way cooler than Angie Birds. It was. It was just like you put, tossed a piece of paper into the trash. And then sometimes they introduced a fan. <laughs> so the fan would blow the piece of paper. So you had to angle it away so then it would blow in. Wow. Come, you never played this. I downloaded it onto my phone a few years ago, like to replay it. Cool. It's a great game. Um, I do more cultured things with my time, like the crossword. I do that too. I did it in less than two minutes. 
You did today's crossword in less than two minutes. Yeah, want to see? That's insane. Oh, did you do it on a paper and then you typed it in? That's no. cheating. That's cheating. I can't believe I fell for that. <laughs> That's bullshit. Uh, I check that out. Do you see that gold star for the Sunday? Oh, nice. I did the Sunday. I, the whole thing. I didn't do the Sunday. Yeah. Okay, Shoshana, what part should we do this week? It's Parshat MR um, in Chutzlar. It's in actually, some places. <laughs> it's Parshat MR. In, in, in where most of our listener demographic that resides, it is Parshat MR. MR in a nutshell. Hashtag www.ingiehabad.org. Birds. That Angie Birds, that paper to us. Chabad.org forward slash nutshell forward slash MR. This week's parasha. This is what happens. Um, we talk a lot about the Kohanim and their temple and their temple service in the tabernacle. Um, that will then continue on to the Bet Hamikdash eventually. Um, so lots of things like a, a Kohen can't become impure through contact with a dead body. Um, like the people of Kohen can't marry who are a divorcee, um, basically a woman who used to be a slut and, um, uh, and a also no, used to be a slut, but also maybe continues to well, be a slut. Well, it says with a, com- uh, with a promiscuous past, right? So it means like no prostitutes. Um, it, I think they include no converts in that, like, because you don't really know whatever. Problematic, I know. Um, a Kohen Godel can only marry a virgin. Um, and then it talks about like, which kind, like, who of the Kohanim can serve in the tabernacle. So, like, Kohanim with physical deformities aren't allowed to. Um, and then you also... We're not a fans of that. Just oh, no, I'm not a fan of pretty much any of this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you can't bring a deformed animal um, as a korban or as a sacrifice. And then it talks about a bit more about sacrifices, which I'm going to skip over because I find those wholly boring. Um, and then we've got this huge list, like the second half of MR... Um, is basically like a list of all of the festivals that we have in the Jewish calendar. So it talks about Shabbat, it talks about Pesach, Shavuos, counting the Omer. Um, it talks about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It talks about uh, Sukkot. And here's a fun, for those of you who do like a Parsha quiz at your Shabbat table, for the little children who are there, you ask them, why Why isn't the, why doesn't the, why does it mention Hanukkah and Purim in the Torah? Because those are Dharava, not Inky birds. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then it talks briefly about lighting um, the menorah in the tabernacle. It talks about um, the showbread that is brought, the lechem hapanim, that is placed on the table every week. Um, and then there's also a little fun story, a little fun story about a man who gets executed for blasphemy. Um, and then it talks a bit about the penalties for um, murder um, and injuring someone and destroying someone's property and like sort of how we deal with those. And that's the Parsha. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you for summarizing that in a nutshell for us. You're welcome. It was a kind of a big, it's always a slightly big nutshell. Yeah. It's a big nut. It's like a walnut. Wish, wish you didn't say big nut on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that struck from the record, please. Just the use of the word big nut. Just a single big nut. Um, what? So offended by that. Yeah. Like I've not said m- more offensive things. You said a dick joke before. I did. But it's my first one in a long time. I feel like that's not true. I mean, on the podcast. Oh, I think yeah, so. maybe. I think yeah. you, I feel like you say a dick joke 
TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> I feel um, like you say dick jokes like daily. If I if I was going to be in a profession where this was appropriate, I'd like one of those signs on the walls that said this many days since the last dick joke. Nice. You could still do that. You'd probably just get fired from the Montessori school you're about to work at. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie, uh, what are we watching this or what have we watched this week? This week we watched another absolute classic. One of Shoshana's favorite all-time movies. I think a lot of people's all-time but favorite specifically movies. like mine. Oh, okay. Shoshana owns this movie as probably a top three. Um, we probably watched... top two. <laughs> Stop interrupting me. Probably tied for first place <laughs> with one other movie. What's the other movie? It's Spotlight. You didn't even let me get the question all the way out. What it tied with? Yeah, I mean that's what I was going to ask. So Spotlight and When Harry Met yeah. Sally. I reckon. We watched When Harry Met Sally. Should watch Spotlight next. I don't know how. If you can make it work, I would love to watch Spotlight. Okay, Valerie, if there's one thing that this podcast has taught me, <laughs> it's that I can make anything work with anything else. For example, we're watching When Harry Met Sally with Parshot MR. You didn't think that we could do it, but we will maybe prove it to you over the course of the next... I like it when it feels like a challenge, when it's like you have to walk out of here at the end of the day feeling like we've achieved yeah. something. And most times we leave you feeling disappointed. Yeah, prob- probably. Mm, probably appropriate to some of the themes of this movie. When Harry Met Sally is a 1989 American romantic comedy Woo-hoo. written by Nora Ephron uh, and directed by Rob Reiner. It stars Billy Crystal Woo-hoo. as Harry and Meg Ryan as Woo-hoo. Sally. I will just say this right now. I want Meg Ryan's hair oh in God, this movie. I want Meg Ryan for the end of sentence. <laughs> She's so hot in this movie. She looks really good her, in this movie. Like both, first of all, like both of their wardrobing is immaculate, but specifically her wardrobe. This whole movie is just really chef's good. Kiss, and her hair is so her, good. Spe- I, the whole movie. She's so hot in this again. Like when in when you've phenomenal. got mail, not nearly as hot. Um. Yeah, because it's short hair the whole time. Yeah, because she has that awful little pixie cut thing. Yeah. Um. You know what I'm really excited about is she's returning to the rom com. There's a big mess return to the rom com. Her and Julia Roberts come back, nice. giving us two, like after like decades away, giving us two fresh rom coms. Well, what are they? Um. I don't know yet. They haven't been released all day yet. Um, story follows the title characters from the time they meet in Chicago just before sharing a cross-country drive through 12 years of chance encounters in New York City. The film addresses but fails to resolve questions along the lines of can men and women ever just be friends? I think... I think this is one of the few movies that we watch now and there's something like glaringly problematic about it that we're like, we're like, we just have to ignore that. Like... Harry's a bit of a dick to begin with. Oh, but like for the whole movie, Harry's. I was like, I like, fucking hate Harry but like, in this movie. Every guy I know in real life is like less, like you know, like if not more of a dick than like he's on par with the men I know in my life. Yeah. So it's not like he's inherently problematic in some other way, like we see in a lot of movies we watched that are from before five years ago. Right. And so I feel like that's why it's also so enjoyable to watch because there's not like something glaring that you're like, this just does not vibe with any of my like I- current ideologies. He just kind of seems like he's on the spectrum sometimes. <laughs> like the way that he like behaves is like, he's very emotional. He's also just like clearly based on Rob Reiner. Well, yeah. So that's interesting. So the idea for the film began when Rob Reiner divorced Penny Marshall, also known on this podcast as Peggy Marshall, (laughs) Marshall. the sister of 
Gary Marshall. Yes, you should have seen Shoshana's face I was as I got bracing. prepared to say his name. I was, I was bracing myself. <laughs> I've been braced. <laughs> anyway, um, an interview Efron conducted with Reiner provided the basis for Harry. And Sally was based on Efron and some of her friends. Yeah, and it was one of those, like, I think why this script is so good is because it's like, Nora Efron wrote it, so it's got her flavor all through it, but it passed through so many, like, not just rewrites, but, like, collaborative rewrites. Her and Rob Reiner, Billy yeah. Crystal sat down with it and, like, brought his self to it. Like, yeah, it's one of those movies where it's, like, it's so natural because everyone involved in making it basically had a hand in its creation. Like Everyone in involved in making it had a hand in its in creation. In the script's re- creation. Right, yeah. You can see that, like, Billy Crystal feels really comfortable in the exactly. role. There's, like, yeah, something very authentic about it to him, for sure. Yeah, yeah amazing. Classic Efron movie. Also, Billy Crystal, when he's got a beard in this movie, smash. Like, I know I'm a lesbian, but, like, I, I think I wow. get it when I see that. I'm like... I think I get it. Straight I women, went, I get it. <laughs> I went back and forth so many times between whether or not I thought he was attractive. It's only when he has a beard and when he's wearing the, like the turtlenecks. Turtleneck and a beard. Interesting. Um, uh, like I wouldn't actually do it because ichse, but <laughs> yeah. But also, I, I feel I, like I, there's an age gap. It's one at of those things that might be a little hard yeah, to get over. It's one of those things where like I understand how straight women can find men attractive when I see him with a beard in some of his sweaters. You know what I mean? Like that kind of smash. Yeah, sure. Like an aesthetic smash. As someone that is also attracted to men, I... I'm not attracted to men. You've made that abundantly I just clear. I needed to make it sure again. This Keith not Herring... A, not at this all. This Keith Herring shirt that I'm wearing right now. Not at all. Like not on a... It, like on the, the Kinsey scale, you're mm-hmm. a seven... I reckon. Okay. Yeah. Why, what are you on the Kinsey scale? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Great south conversation. Of the, south of the middle. Like. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, you guys. At uh, the end. Um, okay. So. Okay. Besides the fabulous hair, there was something else I wanted to say about this movie. Oh, I was going to say, this is a classic Nora Ephron movie in mm-hmm. that these. New York is the third character. New York is the third character, and also these people live in impossibly incredible apartments. Yeah, but to be fair, it's also the 80s, and so I feel like... Yeah, maybe. It, like, pricing-wise, it makes more sense. But, like, okay, I'm sorry, Yarden, to already be bringing you up on the podcast, but Yarden had not seen this movie. <gasps> we watched... Yarden and I watched the scene in Katz's Deli for the first... She had not seen it. Oh she did God. not know what was about to happen. And I literally had to be like, don't say anything. And to, I was like, wait, wait, wait. And she's like, I'll have what she's having. And I was like, okay, now you can talk. <laughs> wait, what was that like? Because even when I hadn't seen this movie, I like, I knew... Like, I was seven and I knew about that scene. Like, yeah. it was always on like 20 to 1, best TV... Sh- like, t- like, movie moments. And there was always that scene. Yeah. It's like one of those cultural moments. Like... Darth Vader is Luke's father. Katz's <laughs> orgasm scene from Ona yeah. and Sally. It's cultural knowledge. I know. How do you go your entire 28 years of yeah. existence and have never seen or heard of that scene? I don't know. Oh, to live a day in Yarden's head. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the things I'd Truly. be able to watch and learn about for the first time. Like watching her. It was like when we watched Devil Wears Prada and she, she like heard seen, the line. She had never seen Devil Wears Prada. 
She was like, I don't know, maybe. She was like, I have this vision of like uh, Meryl Streep in an elevator. But I was like, so you saw the first, I was like, did you watch the first 10 minutes of this and fall asleep? And she was like, maybe. Did you see the trailer for this? Right. (laughs) And so, but to watch her see some of those, like, I mean, Double Wars Prada has some absolutely classic lines, like flowers for spring, groundbreaking. Groundbreaking. Like the Chanel boots. Yeah. (laughs) Are those the Chanel boots? Uh, yeah so that was pretty crazy and then also the other best scene to watch with her was at the end she definitely called it when like she calls him crying and he goes over there she's like they're gonna have sex huh and i was like you didn't just watch the freaking movie what did you think about the cat's deli scene she was just like wow that was crazy like oh my god she was just like, like i've never seen that before she's also like isn't she from new jersey no she's from long island okay so i feel like she would be offended i feel like i should be offended on her behalf that you thought she was from new jersey she's from new york yeah and she doesn't know that katz's deli has a table at katz's deli that like that is the orgasm table that like you can go and get a photo sitting at because it's got a little plaque on it that says this is the table where meg ryan faked an orgasm i how are you from new york and you don't know that i don't know yarden man what's up (laughs) dude what's going on i'm bashock yeah anyway and then also to watch like the last the little last speech is the best if i could watch that for the first time again it's the best yeah well it's the it's such a fucking good movie it's such a good movie i like besides all the like problematic aspects of it it's not that problem it's not that problematic what's problematic besides him being i think it's sexist like a hundred percent I don't hold it against it. Mostly because I think I know so many women like that. You think you know a lot of women like Meg Ryan? Yeah. Who are what? What are the... I think it's not as sexist because I think it 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 subtly challenges what he perceives as her faults, right? Like, like she admits that she's high maintenance. And for all of his sexism, you've got her being like, that like what like what the fuck are you talking about like her response is always like stop talking shit essentially yeah and so i think because it challenges those things and it's like like i think there's also the dynamic of like the fun loving guy versus like the high strong woman is something that is still currently in like pretty much all media right like any household sitcom i guess i just hate it because i like i don't think that he's really that low key like he absolutely loses his shit over seeing his ex in a way that is like very childish like yeah and then i have the burps there's also this weird oh why how why would you possibly have tiny burps right now because i'm drinking a bubble of diet coke at Diet Coke, still open for a sponsorship. Yeah, why won't you sponsor our little burps? <laughs> <laughs> what if that's what we called our fans? Our little burps. <laughs> like little monsters, little burps. I like that. Hey, little burps. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Culture Parsha. <laughs> What's up, little burps? We're coming I at like you it. with another I fresh like app. I think we should call. You guys can vote. If you have, if you actively object to being the called. 75 people who are still listening yes, to this podcast eight weekly. people who listen to our podcast hey we reached over 600 followers on instagram that is yeah where are all these new followers coming from because i keep posting to my story yeah anytime you post you're your welcome story, we get like five more <laughs> i'm welcome um we, we're think, a team we're you, colleagues if you actively object 
Jordi, I'm speaking directly to you as our last listener. Maybe. I don't even know. Also, everyone, Jordi is a man. (laughs) My friend Jordi. Claire, when you catch up to this episode. Lil Burps. Oh, Claire is going to be pro Lil Burps. If you object to being called Lil Burps, you have to actively let us know. Otherwise, we are just assuming that you love the idea. Okay? Great. Okay, Lil Burps, let's continue. Um, (laughs) What were we talking about? Uh, Sexism. Oh. (laughs) Aren't we always? Oh my god. The, uh, um, the fucking whiplash. Okay. Oh, so we're going to have to start comparing this to the Parsha at some point. Nice. Um, yeah, I like hate the tropes of like yeah. a man who acts like a woman is high maintenance, but like he kind of loves her for it, but... Friends. Yeah. Modern family. I hate it. Look, I like, I agree that it's less than ideal, I just, I don't know, like, on my list of things to worry about in problematic films, like, it's low down for some reason for me. And, like, the opening scenes of them in the car together, Harry is just such an asshole. Like, I'm like, I would never want to talk yeah, to this guy but again. It's, but it's also, like... And then are... also, when they're on the plane the second time oh, they I meet, love it. and he's like, did we ever, like, but, you right. know... Yeah, he's a... Okay, so I, I'm going to defend him in the car, in that, like, everyone when you just graduate from university sure is a prick like <laughs> you think you know everything about the world you like you, and you can tell like his whole sense of humor about like he thinks about death all the time like you know what i mean he's like a very specific kind of guy yeah. and i think what the movie does is like he might be like fun and fu- like he's got the funny lines because billy crystal plays him but he like i think the entire premise is he's just as flawed as she is yeah right he's just more talkative and like an asshole so he points it out yeah and so i don't think that like it's not a movie where it's like he's the fun lovable perfect person like goofy guy who's awesome and she's like the unlovable shrew who he picks i think they're both flawed people and part of his flaws is he's an asshole and so I think that because it's built into like their characters and like the film builds the characters so well into those people that they're like actual, like tangible human beings that I don't think it's sexist. Because Maybe. it's because it's because it's his characterization and the fact that he is a dickhead. I mean, also the movie poses the question: like, can men and women ever be friends? Right. When I the think two the entire- main characters end up having sex. So, like, and being together. I, I think the like the central premise, like that question, is flawed. Obviously, I think it also doesn't take like queer people into account at all. Of course not. Um, but besides, like, but queer people didn't exist in the late eighties, early nineties, nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, they did not exist. Did not exist. According to Reagan, they didn't. All of the birds died in nineteen eighty seven. Okay, should we move into, now that we've entered this territory, should we move into our comparisons? You've got lots of comparisons. I don't know why you're so worried. Well, I'm worried because we're 33 minutes Oh, in. yeah, that's why. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first one, second half of this um, parasha is all about the Chagim and how they shape um, our yearly cycle, right? Our entire calendar is dictated by these different dates and like the festivals that we keep on them and like that's literally the thing like we're jewish right the thing that you look forward to is like the next thing (laughs) speak for yourself so um and in the same way the movie is like a lot of the like first of all the film's climax takes place like that end scene takes place um, at a holiday at a holiday party but also like um the movie is framed 
by holiday seasons, right? So like mm-hmm. different Christmas scenes, um, the new like different New Year's parties, like basically like different points of the film and of their story together take place at very specific holiday points. And then overall, the whole movie is framed by very specific points in their life. Well, and also the specifically i feel like their romance is like bracketed by those two new year's eve parties that we see right because yes. it's like they you get that first frisson of like a spark when they're dancing so together I, and both of them are like wait a second am i attracted to this person i would argue that it comes sooner but i think that's the first time that both of them like internally uh, when do you think it happens i think it happens at least for sally um at the met yeah when he's when, talking in the funny voice. When he says, would you like to go to the movies with me tonight? And she says... And there's that awkward moment where she's like, And she's like, like oh, I'm so sorry, date. I have a date. And, she, and like, there's this moment of like weirdness when he says he's totally fine with it. Yeah. She, you see her get weird because she's like, you shouldn't be fine with that. Like, yeah. it's weird because there is something here. Right. Um, but then at the party, like, I think what happens is, is like he takes a breath at the party almost like he closes his eyes and like he's taking a beat and he's finally feeling it. Mm. And I think that's also when she's like, it's 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 like a thing. Yeah, at, definitely at that moment. Oh, I love that tension in a movie. I love that. Like- and then like the best, the best final like love confession ever captured on the screen. Yeah. Of like when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone you want the rest of your life to start right now. Like, oh my God, come so on. Sweet. The best. Well, and I think it's interesting because she's like, you're just lonely because it's New Year's Eve. And, and he's, he's like, like but <laughs> I love those last few scenes of like him having that realization yes. at like as he's like walking around. And honestly, the only time they do this in the whole movie where they like narrate his thoughts out loud yeah. where he's like, this is nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, take a walk this is better and you see it on her face when she's like taking his speech and then she's like this like she's like f you ha-, like this is why so, i hate yeah, you. you make it so hard and like yeah. uh and it's so perfectly acted their chemistry is perfect mm-hmm. like i don't think you could find two actors yeah with better chemistry like i think that's why this movie is just chef's kiss chef's kiss chef's kiss everywhere it's just the best right um you had a really good point also about holidays and also that scene. Which oh, we- yeah. Well, so one of the things about Jewish holidays is uh, in the Beit HaMikdash, ever heard of it? They had to proclaim. That's, that's the um, when the tabernacle became permanent. The what now? The tabernacle. It became the tempel. <laughs> Valerie's angry. <laughs> <laughs> Valerie's face is angry. Anyway, they would proclaim the holidays. And you had to, like, angry. for Rosh Chodesh... <laughs> Angie. I'm an Angie bird. <laughs> you had to proclaim the, the little burps and the Angie birds. That's such a good band. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you have to pro- you have to like proclaim like the new moon. Yes. For example, you have to like announce that it's the holiday. Um, so the parallel is obviously the proclaiming. You proclaim holidays, and in this movie, they proclaim love at a holiday party. Hell yeah, it's great. It's so good. Um. Oh, that line. Because then they start singing "Old Lang Syne" and then he just starts like waffling, like, "What does this song mean? Like, yeah, why are we singing this song?" Um, and, and then, her lipsticks all over her face <laughs> and her lipsticks all over his face, and she's laughing at him because she's like, "This is classic him." And then she goes, "Whatever it is, it's about old friends." And yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that line! Like, it hunches you in the gut. It oh, really it's does. the best. Yeah, it's so good." And then they get married three months later. It's very sweet. They have a March wedding. 
Yeah. That's so nice. Good for them. I'm happy for them. Aren't the, all the couples that are interviewed throughout the movie real couples? They're not. I, as far as I remember, they're not real couples, but they're real stories. Oh, okay. They're also fantastic. Yeah. Also, yeah, so good the way, like, the way all of those couples interact. Yeah. Being, like, very unique to them, but yeah. also, like. I'm Ben Small of the Long Island Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, it's so fucking. Okay. Okay, so the next comparison we have, you want to take this one? Sure. Um, this is all I've written. Showbread is compared to uh, Cat's Deli. Well, is there showbread, no... right? If look, you will. yeah. Like, is there anything showier than a fake orgasm in a deli? And is there anything breadier than a deli? No. Um... Mm, I'll let it slide. Good. I wasn't willing to defend it. I don't care about that <laughs> statement enough. Um, yeah, like one of the most famous scenes that we already spoke about, because Jared Dan had never seen it up until this point. Yeah. Um, one of the most famous scenes in, I'd say, filmic history. One of the most well-acted scenes. For sure. So good. Um, the person, the woman at the back who says, I'll have what she's having, that's yeah. Rob Reiner's mom. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that. Imagine making your mom sit through like every take of that scene. Like, mom, so I got good. the perfect role for you. <laughs> got to sit in a deli and watch a woman fake an orgasm for... Oh Four How hours. Many takes do you think it's? I like? don't know. Um, also, just the way that uh, Billy Crystal reacts when he's like, "Are you okay?" Yeah. He's like, "What's going on?" <laughs> he like doesn't get it. And then first. he just like resigns. And then like the way she like picks up and like starts yeah. eating is so funny. Um, also, because I think why I like that scene is it shows her progression of character when she walks in. Like, when they're first driving together from Chicago to New York and they stop at a diner. Right. And she walks in and she goes, I've had plenty of good sex. And she says it really loudly and everyone and turns and stares turns. at her. And she, like, very, like, you know, she, like, lowers her head and is super embarrassed. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where, like, good people in your life bring out different sides of you. Yeah. And her relationship with him has made her a lot more, I guess, like, not even silly, but, like, you know, she can fake an orgasm in Cat's Deli and then just, like, keep eating her sandwich type thing. Like Right. Right. It's very reminiscent of, like, before he runs into Helen when they're, like, when he starts singing into yeah. the machine and she joins him. Yeah. yeah. I like it. The little, like, when he does this, like, he puts his hand on it and he just, like, bops a tiny bit to the music. Like, I love that moment so much. The other really good moment, I don't know that we have this in here, but... um when after they've had sex and she gets up to get water and yeah. they each you can like it's just silence but it's like each of them you can see them having their own reaction to the and fact that they've like just slept together super happy yeah and she like kind of has this like hmm, okay. it's finally like, happened and he's you can just see him panicking yeah it's um, great okay so i also just like i feel like everyone's had friends in their lives where like the tension between two of your other friends has reached like a boiling point and you're right. like, oh, just fucking like <gasps> the, another amazing scene when they both call exactly, and it's the right? four part. So I'm like, imagine like if you're Jess, cause we see like parts, like the only time we really see Jess and Marie acknowledging that there's something between them is that scene. Right. When like Jess and Marie, like their best friends right. like, who have now gotten together. Cause like they introduced them, they're together in their bed and each of them respectively calls the other friend. So you've got that split screen. 
Yeah. Um, and but like, and they're like, but like, this is great. We've been waiting for this for ages. Yeah, we've been praying Literally. for this. They say we've been praying for <laughs> the this. The only thing I would ever talk about would be like, oh my god, can these two just fuck already? Like, can these guys just admit they love each other and we get on? We literally with had that interaction with people this year. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was manifesting that for so long. But I don't, it never happened. Never happened. Bullshit. Too bad. Yeah. Anyway, I just think if I were Jess and Marie, I would yeah, be so... In- especially because, like, Jess and Marie get together because of Harry and the Sally. The two of them. That move-in scene when he has his little breakdown after seeing Helen. And yeah. the- and she's like, I I want you to know I will never want this back at real coffee table. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Like, their chemistry is really good. Carrie Fisher was amazing. Yeah. Guys. Also, I was going to say, like, the whole, like, plot line of, like, for three quarters of the movie that Carrie Fisher is, like, is she you're dating right, the same right. married I man? Know you're, yeah, for yeah. sure. You, I know you're right. And they're, and she's like, he's never going to leave his wife, is he? Yeah. And, like, that Meg Ryan keeps being like, he is, We no one thinks yeah. he's going to leave his wife. <laughs> like... <laughs> The bit where she, like, pulls out her Rolodex. Oh, this yeah. Bit, like, some things in this movie just date it so hard. The fact that you, like, drive from Chicago to New York and can't text your girlfriend of, at the time, like, right. on your way there. Other thing, Carrie Fisher pulls out her Rolodex and starts flipping through for people to, like, set um, yeah. Sally up with. And then, like, pulls out the, her perfect timing of someone being, like, he's married. And she goes, huh. Like, folds down the corner and goes, yeah. such a shame, and, like, puts it back in. <laughs> well. Um, also. Baby fish mouth, huh? also yeah them playing Pictionary I felt like was another moment of that Um, the other thing that really stuck out to me oh when Harry after they've had sex and Harry's like you have your tapes alphabetized (laughs) on note cards and she's like yeah you want to watch something like to her it's nothing and to him he's like oh my god the fuck are you like I love it oh it's so good okay speaking of who the fuck are you Yes. Um, in this week's parasha, um, a man is executed for blasphemy. Um, and blasphemy is like, do you want to define blasphemy for the audience? No. <laughs> <laughs> taking God's name in vain. Right. Like like swearing. Yeah. Taking God's name in vain. Um, it's not exactly the same, but I think of profanity when I think of blaspheming. Mm. Um, and prof- I guess profane, whatever. Um, this film has the best use uses two uses of the word fuck in modern cinema and we had a bit of this conversation before we started recording Mm -hmm. i genuinely believe like i think a lot of swearing in film is gratuitous and you put it in like just because that's whatever how people speak yeah the two instances that this film uses the words fuck you cannot use a different word to make the exact same point you want to make yeah, it's like the like it's the only thing that could possibly be said the in that two situation. Scenes being tell the people what the two scenes are. So the first scene forgot. is like Harry gives her shit for like not having slept with someone since breaking up with her long time long t- <laughs> long term boyfriend, and what happens is um, he's like giving her shit, and she goes, "What? So like I have to go fuck somebody to be over it? Like the way just the way that she like." emphasizes the word fuck in that scene i think is absolutely perfect it's beautiful she makes a point about the difference between having sex with someone and making love to someone mm-hmm. great um and then she says fuck you later on like in their big fight yeah. after they've slept together she says fuck you with like just such conviction and she slaps him across the face okay side note are they both left-handed 
I don't know. Because she slaps him with what would be her left hand. And then it's his right cheek that's okay. red when they yeah. go back in. And when they're at the batting cages, he and Jess are like back to back. That's like so he's batting with his, like he's That's left-handed. so funny. I would never think of the baseball shit because like I don't know anything about baseball. I was just looking. I was like, how are they? Like they're talking to each other like over right, their shoulders. Yeah. yeah. Remember that scene with the little boy? Oh, it's so funny. He's like, <laughs> I got a stack of quarters and I'm, and and I, I was, was here first. first. We're not. We're two. <laughs> like, it's just like, I think that's why it's perfect, right? Like, that has nothing to do with anything, but it's just like, oh. Right. And also, I feel like that's very, it's interesting because I feel like that's, it's interesting because he and Jess have like a real friendship. Yeah. And like, in a way that I feel like you don't often see like male friendship right. depicted, like where they like talk about yeah. people where they talk about, yeah. Where they don't just talk about sports and stuff, but it is very much in the context of like they're doing something together, yeah, which always. also feels very typical of male friendship of like, yeah. it's only okay for them to talk about their feelings if they're playing baseball. I don't know. I just like, uh, yeah, again, like the way that they use fuck in this movie. I just, it's perfect every turn. Yeah. Perfect. Quentin Tarantino, take note. <laughs> Don't even throw it around all the time. At QT. Um, he listens to this. He, His okay. wife is Israeli. <laughs> 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 yep, close enough. Um, okay, so the next comparison we have is these rules about the Kohanim and like who they can marry. One of which being like somebody who's a virgin um, and also that they can't marry someone who's divorced, a woman who's been divorced. And I feel like this connects to the piece of, like, can men and women be friends? Like, this is kind of like saying that, yeah, you can't have had sex with somebody else. Um, And also Harry is divorced. I think just, like, rules in general that govern our interpersonal relationships. For the Kohanim, it's destined by God and, like, who they can marry. And for um, Harry, it's a rule he made up about who he can have sex with and, like, men and women being friends. Do you have straight men who you're friends with? Yeah. Jordy. <laughs> hey, Jordy. <laughs> um, uh, like, not so many, but I think that's just, like, I genuinely think that women tend to be friends with more women. Yeah. I mean, you also grew up going to an all-girls Exactly. School. Like, two of my best friends. Jordy and Gabe, two of my best friends. Yeah. Um, I'm friends with my brother. He's a straight man. Okay. But I guess, really, the question is, do you have, oh, do you have friends that are women? <laughs> yes. I also have friends who are gay men. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the whole spectrum. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question. I definitely have had the experience of, like, having a friend who, like, you're clearly attracted to each other, but because that person is in a relationship, there's, like, something safe about being Uh, friends and, like, being a little bit flirty. And then, like, once that person breaks up with their, like, significant other, like, that your friendship changes because you're like, oh, now, like, there has to be this barrier between us. I've had a version of that that I cannot get into on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've told you it before. I'm always this close to submitting it to normal gossip. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm always oh, like, yeah, this yeah, yeah. freaking close. Um, yeah, I've been there. Like, a relationship where if circumstances were different, you'd probably be dating. Yeah, or even just that there's, like, attraction between you. Yes. So, yeah. For sure. Um, oh, yeah. And wait, connected to this idea of all the, like, specifically Kohanim and their marriages, um... I guess this idea of, like, God has in mind specific people. Also, just for the record, I have friends that are straight men and gay men and women. Cool. You have friends, Valerie. Good for you. I have friends. <laughs> we get it. That aren't just Shoshana. <laughs> um, we're colleagues. Oh, right. 
Um, I know when I asked you if I if you had any friends who were women, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think there's like back to it. There's this idea in the pressure. And non-binary people. I have non-binary friends too. Same. Great. Um, <laughs> glad we got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> again, that TikTok sound. Yeah, you win. You gay. You and your gay stuff. You win. Are you happy? <laughs> We should just get that on the tape to like play. Um, so the idea of God having specific people in mind for who Kohan and Ken and can't marry um, and the parameters of their relationship. Um, and what I think like the idea of sort of soulmates, right? Um, and like you go into this movie knowing that Harry and Sally are going to get together. It's a rom- like it's a romantic comedy. There's no way that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so like this idea that because of what the story dictates, it's predestined that they're going to end up together at the end yeah. of the film. And so when you see them with other people, you know they're with the wrong people. Mm. Like people they can't be end with according with. to the story's laws. Right, um, when you find out that he's getting married to Helen, you're yeah, like, like, wait a second, how is this going to happen? Or like when they're playing Pictionary and she has a very nice tall boyfriend and he's dating like a 23-year-old. Oh, yeah. Um, you see them with people and it's weird. Like it's not supposed to be like that. Yeah. Because we have things that we put onto these characters for what we know that they're going to end up as. Yeah. Um, anyway, says that. Um, and then we talked about this earlier that nobody who has a quote-unquote defect can be a Cohen. So they talk about like physical deformities like a hunchback or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the Torah, not us. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's also like missing limbs. Right. Blind, like... Right, a physical deformity. Yeah. 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 Again, the Torah. The Torah, term, not, not us. us. Yes. Um, so then there's this uh, conversation that Harry and Jess have at one point about whether or not Sally is good looking because Jess is like, <laughs> no, but you said she has a good personality. Yeah. And Harry's like, yes, and she's good looking. And he's like, no. Like, (laughs) that's not possible. Then why would you say she has a good personality? Which also I think is sexist. That I think is sexist. But I think that, like, you're not supposed to like Jess. Why not? I don't like Jess. I don't have a problem with him. He's annoying. Except for, you're right, that, like, he's not all that good looking. And so the idea that, like... Also that he falls in love with Marie because she quotes his writing back to him is, like, the most white male thing i've ever heard i think maybe part of the movie's thesis is that men and women should be friends even if they like quote unquote can't because their relationship like sally's best friend is a woman Uh, harry's best friend is a man and their friendships with those people sort of just like egg on who they are and don't change them in any way and i think like sure the film's thesis is these two specific people fall in love but I also think the film's thesis is, is like when you're friends with people who are different from you in whatever way that might be, like that's good for you. Like it opens you up to being mm. a, a better person, a different person. You expand your interests. You you know what I mean? Like I think what they know the film, like they both are better for being with each other. For sure. Um, and I think it's because like like Harry's best friend is himself just with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, so true. Like. Right. Yeah. 
Um, Right. I thought it was really interesting. To me, that was also like a moment that was like indicative of like them ending up together was when they go on that double date where they're introducing each other to their friend. And like, number one, that you would like be okay with your friend dating your friend. You know, like I feel like I would be like, I don't know. Like I like the two of you. Like there's something weird about like when your friends start dating. Yes. And so like that's all already really bold that like Harry would be like, you should date my best friend. Yeah. Um, but then also that it shows that their personalities are compatible in the way that like Jess and Marie's personalities end up being compatible. Like, I feel like that would be a moment where you would like look across the table and be like, Oh shit. Like if yeah. our friends are suited for each other, that must mean that we are suited yeah. for each other. Yeah. Um, okay. You talked about the next point already. Um, there's like one last point on our, on our spreadsheet and then I have another like tiny point I'll make after that I keep forgetting to write down. Um, so something that's really interesting, I think, is that if we move away from the parsha and you look in the Talmud um, around conversations that happen about who Kohanim can marry and have relationships with, one of the things that they like do when they're defining that, like, like they're, they're trying to define these women. And one thing they define is a woman who has... Um, like some type of sexual relationship with another woman. And so one of the only times the Talmud talks about like lesbians, women ha- like lesbians or women having sex, like, yeah. you know, lesbian sex is in the context of not, is it allowed for women to sleep with each other? Can a Kohen marry a woman who has had sex with another woman? Like that, it's just sort of like a given, right? That it's like yeah. not a really great thing for women to be doing, but like, can a Kohen marry her? <laughs> um, and so I think funny. it's so funny. Wait, what's like, the ruling? I think it's yes. I can't remember. I also like it because in that um, in that same part, Rashi talks. Like Rashi has to explain um, a phrase, and basically uh, Rashi has to explain what what uh, scissoring is. Like nice. <laughs> he just explains. Love that like, for him. Everything is Torah. Um, but yeah, so it's like I think the funniest part is like this fr- reframing of women who clearly don't want to be married to men or like women who want to be in relationship with other women, yeah. but defining them by, but can they get married to a man is just so funny to me. Cause I think it's indicative of like everything about lesbians and so like the good. way that society treats lesbians um, and other queer women. Um, and then obviously comparing that to the fact that, like we said before, Harry's law of men and women can't be friends just completely ignores queer people. Right? Totally. Okay, what was your other... Uh, my one last point is that this is one of the best rom-coms of all time. I think a really good either rom-com or just romance in general could be based around, like, a Kohen who falls in love with someone he's not allowed to marry. And, like, that tug between giving up... His Kohen status. Your status as a Kohen. Mm. Um, and also, like, your lineage going forward. Like, your kids can't be Kohanim. That versus being with the woman you love. Yeah. I think like that could be made into a very good movie of some sort. Maybe rom com, maybe not the com. Yeah. It's very serious. <laughs> just just a rom. Um, okay. I also remind me I have a question to ask you off a very okay. off 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 um, mic. Okay. My last point about this movie is just uh the days of the week underwear. Yes. Oh, Sunday's God's Day. It's so funny, like the idea that you wouldn't wear underwear on Sundays. I think it's isn't it more that like they're not willing to print Sunday on the underwear because it's God's day. No, I like my interpretation okay. better. We don't have to talk about it. I have in my room at home in Sydney, uh, like one of those like minimalist posters, but for when Harry met Sally, where like they take oh, things nice. from the movie 
and one of them is like a bunch of days of the week underwear and it's but no Sunday. Sunday. Nice. Yeah, my interpretation was that uh, you don't wear undies on Sunday. Yeah, you don't make friends with Sally. No Sundays on Sunday. No, su- no Sundays. <laughs> no Sundays. There you go. It's like how my uncle pronounces Sunday and Monday. Sunday. Sundays and Mondays. Sunday, Monday. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. I <laughs> fucking I love this movie with my whole heart and soul. I have it downloaded on my iPod, like on my iPhone, yeah. saved as a video, so you can watch it whenever, so I can watch it wherever. Wherever. wherever, whenever, literally, wherever. We're meant to be together. I'll be here and you'll be there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'll let you finish singing your song. Um, We don't have the license. I'll let you finish singing your song as you're talking. We don't have the licensing for that. We don't have to. um, (laughs) (laughs) Lawyers? (laughs) Lawyers? Um, uh, You made me forget what I was going to say. Oh, I think the, the hallmark of what is a movie, one of your favorite movies, like how do you define that? A movie that... If it comes on TV when you're flicking channels, you, you can stop and watch it at any single point in that mm. movie going forward and you'll be satisfied to the end because you just want to feel the feeling. Oh, up until the last 30 seconds. Exactly. For sure. Um, like this movie, uh, Princess Diaries. Yeah. Um, the Parent Trap. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Like just those movies that you can clock in immediately and be like, this is the shit. Aristocats. Sure. <laughs> Bloody cat lady. Um, I feel like I had a game for this, but I can't remember. Oh, if you had to choose a story from Tanakh to turn into a rom-com, who would, who would you choose? Hmm. I mean, Rivka and Yaakov seem like an obvious choice. Um, that's a mother and her son. But oh, shit. No, who am I thinking of? Are you thinking of Yitzchak? Rivka and Yitzchak, cool. sorry. Yeah, Rivka and Yitzchak seem like an obvious choice. Interesting. Because you would get that really great. Ooh, actually, I don't know. Because, okay, the movie would have to be, right, You they meet when he's in the field and he sees her and that's where we get Mincha, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, but then, like, there's also that weird thing where she, like, kind of betrays him by, like, right. making sure that he gives that's the bracha to you her favorite do, son. You could do... Riff Grinius, like I think, because that's like a really interesting, like subversion of having them only meet towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Because like she's only heard about him through yeah. the Eved. Um, I would cut it off right before they have kids, because I think after that it goes downhill hmm. for my own reasons. We can get into that later about my analysis of Rivka as a character. Hmm. Um, I think Adam and Chava would be so funny. Interesting. Like she wakes up in a garden and he's just like hey buddy (laughs) (laughs) and then he has to work to like win her affection even though he's literally the only man there like chava who wakes up and she's like this is so typical and he's like there's not what are you talking about like chava who wakes up and he still has to like yeah yeah like they still have to have some type of romance courtship um he's like i brought you an apple (laughs) like i bought you flowers and she's like we're in a field of the most she's beautiful like, flowers you. on so earth. That's so funny. He brings her flowers and she's like looking around. She's like, there's literally yeah. flowers everywhere. <laughs> like, we're we're like, sitting on flowers right now. <laughs> I, I think it would be such a funny. That's so funny. Yeah. How do you give someone a gift? I mean, it's a good thing there's only one other person there. Because how do you date someone if you can't give them something special? I, ooh, interesting question. Yeah. Anyway, I also was thinking completely off topic. Including your heart. Because like <laughs> who else is... Adam going to give his heart to. He already gave her a rib. He has to give her his heart as well. It's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> the sacrifices this man makes. Um, I had a really good idea for like a TV show, like a gritty, like 
retelling of a story or something, okay. but not really retelling. Um, okay, it's a story about a guy living in a town. Um, <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so far, no, so this is the point, right? It's, it's like this, like, and it's like set in whatever ancient times, however you want to do it. Guy living in a town. Um, it doesn't really fit in there. Like, it doesn't really like his neighbors. They're kind of mean to him, kind of mean to each other. All of this stuff. And then um, he, he has house guests who come and he brings them in. Basically, you only realize... His dad's a manufacturer. No, you only realize in like the last episode that it's about Lot. And and like like it's only when there's like actively like brimstone and fire like falling on the town that you realize... And he's running away from it that you realize that oh, it's like... he has to mention his cousin. Right. He, yeah, he maybe he talks about having a falling out with his uncle or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like... I think having a Tanakh story being told, but you don't realize it's a Tanakh story until like the end right. twist of the story. And I, I can't think of another story that you could do it with other than Lot. Because I feel like when you frame it, Lot is just a guy who lives in a town, right? Like, and ha- has a visitor come in one day and things go weird. Right. Anyway, um, at Hollywood, text me. <laughs> Call me, beat me. Um, and I will say, again, one last thing. If you like When Harry Met Sally... Um, you should watch Sleeping with Other People. One of the best and most underrated, um, more modern rom-coms that we have. It just came up on the crossword. It was on the Sunday crossword. Yeah, it was. No, it was on, no, today's. It was on today's crossword. And that's and I was already thinking about it because, I it's, again, one of my favorite movies. I think it's a fantastic movie. It deals with this question of, like, can men and women be friends? But, like, in a much more 2010s mentality um and also i think it'll handle it better for you right like it's not really this sexist thing it's more like can you be friends with your best friend when you both can acknowledge that you're in love with each other right Right. it's like it's like it's that they acknowledge that they have feelings but they try and actively ignore it because they want to be friends so it's like can you ignore the romantic tension between two people if you're more invested in having that person as a friend which i think is makes it a much more interesting premise totally what about crashing did you have you watched crashing yeah I mean, I've only watched the first few episodes, but that's kind of she like yeah. comes to like stay with her best friend who they're like seem like they're maybe in love with each other. Yeah. yeah. It's a little unclear. I know. I th- sleeping with other people, um, the director and writer, Leslie Hayland, I think, Headland, whatever. She um, is one of the creators. Is in of, love with her best friend. No, she's one of the creators of Russian Doll. Ooh. Um, with Natasha Leon and Amy Polo. Okay, when you were saying, like, have you gotten to the part that's my worst fear? Yeah. Which part was okay, that? I was watching, I watched the whole season okay. with, like, with you in my you mind. Thought, you thought dinosaurs like, were going to come up? Because I, yeah, I was like, what Meryl is Shoshana thought. so Okay, spoilers of. for Russian Doll season two. Um, my biggest fear is, w- like, waking up on a train and I'm suddenly transported back to Hungary in 1944. Oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> I was, like, when that happened, like, I got so anxious. I, like, didn't know if I could watch the next episode. That's so funny because I thought it might have been the, um, when she ends up with a baby. Oh, my God, no, that's funny. No. <laughs> no my biggest fear. I was really hoping that her lesbian friends were going to adopt her baby, her That'd as a baby. That'd be so weird. And then I got to the point where I was, like, this is my biggest fear and I posted on my story and Meryl um replied um is why did dinosaurs come into the show because she knows that my other biggest fear is is dinosaurs is not specifically dinosaurs but that jurassic park will happen again yeah um because of the hubris of man and science um i love how you just said hubris hubris yeah hubris angie angie okay that's it that's all i I have to say okay little burps okay little burps thanks for listening we love you um thanks for letting us talk about stuff again appreciate it what should we do next week
I have no idea. We told David Shapiro he has to choose. Oh yeah, if he wants. Basically, to be on the we podcast. told our friend that like he's like, can I be on the podcast? And we're like, no. And then we we're like, if you choose. And then he goes, can I just watch the movie <laughs> with you? Then? And we're like, we don't watch it together. <laughs> and then he got really sad about that. And then we said, if you choose the movie, you can be on the podcast. So he yeah. might choose a movie. Yeah. If there's an extra person here next week, um, it might be him. It might be him. If there's no extra person, you know that he's failed. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye, little okay, bye.